tell us what you think in our fourth annual Your Money, Your Wealth podcast survey for your chance to win a $100 Amazon e-gift card. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes. The password to fill out the survey is pure, all lowercase. U.S. residents only, no purchase necessary. Survey giveaway closes and winner chosen at 4 p.m. Pacific time on August 31st, 2021. Should you move money from tax-deferred retirement accounts into an account that'll give you tax-free growth on your investments for the rest of your life and your kid's life? What do you think? Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 339, Joe and Big Al answer several versions of what is probably the most common question we get here on YMYW. Should we do Roth conversions? Before we get married, should we do a 403B to Roth conversion? When and how much should we convert to Roth if we want to keep our ACA subsidy? Should we do Roth conversions with more aggressive funds first? If we use all our cash to pay the tax on Roth conversions, will we run out of money for our early retirement? And to cap it all off, something completely different. Can you sell without selling your house? What do the fellas think of Rick Edelman's answer to the question, should you pay off your mortgage? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Uh, got Dom uh, riding in from Columbus, Ohio. He goes, hi, I generally enjoy your show, and I have shared YMYW podcast with most of my closest friends. Why only most, Dom? <laughs> Why not all? Well, and he actually said, I genuinely enjoy. I think he said generally. That's what I was confused at. <laughs> I generally enjoy your sort of show. Not all the time. But no, I give, he said genuinely. I, give it, I tell some of my friends yeah, about it. I'll give you a, a 2.1 star. <laughs> I love anyway, Big Al. He, he genuinely Genuinely. Gen, genuinely. Okay, you know my pronunciation. Yeah. Really? Efforts. <laughs> he really enjoys the show. Yes, yeah. he enjoys it. Uh, but only shares it with most of his most, friends. Not all. Not all. When I debate Roth strategies with a friend, I discovered your show. And I won the debate, thanks to you. All right. My wife, 36, and I, 39, have two kids under the age of six, and we plan on retiring at age 65. My question is about converting my current 401k balance to Roth IRA. Would it be more beneficial to convert our current 401k balance to a Roth over the next five years or just leave it as is? It seems highly Likely, taxes will rise in the future. We have changed all future 401k contributions to Roth. Based on average returns, I estimate close to half my 401k will be taxable 27 years from now. Goal, $6 million by age 65. The quest seems simple, but I'm curious. If the current 401k balance is not converted to Roth, if there is a way to utilize my taxable funds in a FIFO-like method, in retirement to provide a favorable tax situation. All right, details. Wife and I now max out 401k annual contributions, uh, 19.5 each, and Roth IRA, $6,000 each. Okay. Uh, salary is $150,000. My salary. Okay, Dom. Um, wife's salary is $100,000. Uh, so they got a 6% match on Dom and the wife at four. Current assets got a nice primary residence, six hundred fifty thousand dollars, one hundred fifty grand mortgage. Got some rental props, uh, five hundred thousand dollars, three fifty in mortgages. There, uh, his four hundred one k balance out, five hundred twenty five thousand dollars at age thirty or oh, thirty nine. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. good. 
future 401k contributions and Roth contributions beginning 2020. Why is 401k $100,000? Future 401k contributions are Roth contributions. Brokerage account, 150. Roth IRA, 24 grand. He's got a little ESPP plan. I like all he has to put like company stock. Like we don't know what the hell an ESPP plan is. <laughs> yeah, employee stock purchase plan. We do know that. Uh, but just, maybe maybe our listeners do. Uh, just in case. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, 25000 He's got a 529 plan as well for the kids. He's got no pets. A Cadillac. CT6. That's a badass car. <laughs> and he's an avid golfer. Dom, yes. what's your handicap? You gotta, you, if you're going to put avid golfer, you're going to say, what, scratch? I'm a plus four. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an avid golfer and you know, my handicap, which can't really compute. Yep. Oh, just shut up on that one. <laughs> um, all right. So, okay. What, what's so he's got $550,000 in a 401k plan. He's saying, Joe, Al, should I convert this over the next several years to, um, yeah. And, and it, um, it's, they're making $250,000 a year. Sure. That right. gives and, them and in the, what, the 24, 22% well, tax bracket? Yeah. Plus they're, they're maxing the 401ks, 20,000 each. So that puts them at 210. Then they got a standard deduction. But no, they're Roth though. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Two, two, yeah. 250 standard deduction. We'll call it 225 is taxable income. Probably have, could convert about a hundred thousand plus or minus to stay in the 24% bracket. That might not be a bad idea um, from the standpoint that it's probably at 7% rate of return, it's going to double more than twice, right? Plus more than that because of the, uh, the match, that'll be, that'll be taxable. So yeah, I, you know, that's what I might look at is maybe a hundred thousand a year, stay in the 24% bracket. I wouldn't go past that. Um, that's the simple answer, Dom. I think we could do a little bit better than this is math this out. You want to retire at age 65. First of all, um, you're, you're doing the math right in, in, in regards. Okay. Here's the goal of 6 million, but why is that the goal? What are you trying to spend? What are you spending now? What is going to be your fixed income sources? So are you spending a hundred thousand is today? And then you want to spend that hundred thousand dollars in the future. And then you're doing an adjustment for inflation on your living expenses in the next 27 years. Right. And then you're subtracting out your social security, or maybe you don't believe that social security is going to be there. And what's your shortfall to get to that 6 million. Then from there, it's you've got to find your shortfall in retirement to determine how much money that you want in deferred versus tax-free versus taxable to really optimize this. Yeah, um, I, I agreed. But that's tough at 39, easier at 59. Totally impossible almost, <laughs> right? That, that's why it's an ongoing process, right? Yeah, right. There's no, this is why this is not advice at all. We're right. just a couple of kids having a conversation. But if Don really wants to get serious, he needs to look at this on an annual basis to figure out what should I be converting now? If I convert and, and just listen to the show one time, Al, you're right, convert to the top of the 24% tax bracket. You guys make great income. That's only going to go up and you're probably going to, only be in higher tax brackets, especially as the mortgage goes down on the rentals, as more, more cash flow comes in. But look at this annually because tax rates will move on you. The markets move on you. When markets go down, it might be a better time to convert than today when markets are very high. But listen, Al, just convert to the 24. Um, hi, Joe and Big Al. My income dropped enough this year to put me solidly in the 12% tax bracket. Can I roll over some of my 403B? into a Roth IRA in order to pay the taxes at the lower rate this year. 
I expect to be up in the 22% tax bracket next year. Great show. Chris from Fort Lauderdale. Um, so, what, yeah, what are the rules on 403? Well, it, it depends on if he's still contributing. If it's an active plan, I don't know where he works. 403B is a little bit different animal than a 401k. Right. 403B is for nonprofits, school districts, medical, and they have different plan docs. So in a little bit different rules than a standard 401k plan. Got it. So if if he's an active participant or she is an active participant, I'm not sure if Chris is a boy or girl, um, is putting money into the 403B. I'm not sure if you can do a, if, if the plan document, of, of Chris's employer allows, let's say, like an inner plan conversion. Yeah. So, well, here's another question. Do 403Bs typically have a Roth option or can they have yeah, a Roth sure. option? Uh-huh. Okay. So if you have a Roth option, then you just do an in-plan conversion. Then it's real simple. But I don't even know if that 403B allows an in-plan conversion. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Because before they, they you 401k plans did, but 403Bs didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you have to check to see if your plan well, first of all, it has a Roth option. And secondly, whether it has a, a an in-plan conversion. Or if it's an old plan, then yes, you can convert it into a Roth IRA. Right. Um, sorry, this is not cut and dry. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you can do it, then for sure do it. It's in the 12% tax bracket. Yeah. And if you're going to be in the 22% tax bracket, then um, I, I guess I guess that's one way to answer the question is, is yes, do it if you can. See if you can, right? Yeah, see if you can first and then... Um, go from there, but yeah, yeah fit, fill up that 12% bracket and, and cause that's, that's cheap tax money. So yeah, you definitely want to do that if you can. Okay. Um, Hey team, Steve here. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Are you responding for the team? Yeah. Who, okay. who, who Right team. Yeah. Hey team, Steve here. Uh, wanted to say thanks as I learned a lot from your show. Super helpful. Um, I listen to it on my commute home from work and the laughs are an added benefit. Is there humor in this show? I mean, we're just, <laughs> we're just talking finance. Tons. Tons. Um, I have a Roth conversion question. Yes, I know. Not your favorite, but hey, it's the, it's at least it's not a backdoor or mega backdoor question or the Megatron. My fiance and I are married next year are to be married next year and she currently has a traditional ira that she has been contributing to but recently got covered by her work plan and is now contributing to a roth ira she makes approximately a hundred thousand dollars a year when married we will likely have a combined income of four hundred thousand dollars given that i was curious if you think it makes sense for her to do a roth conversion of as much of her traditional ira that would still keep her in a lower tax bracket, assuming we have the cash to pay the taxes. She has $70,000 in her traditional IRA and $5,000 in a Roth IRA. Thanks. Keep up the good work. All right, Steve here. <laughs> Last name's here. First name, Steve. Yep. Got it. Okay. So she makes $100,000 a year minus 12. Call it uh, no, no. 90, she's in what, 22, close to? Yeah, t- top of the 24% bracket for single taxpayers, about 164, 165. Okay. Um, okay, do, do we know ages? No, but they're engaged, so I'm guessing younger. That, that'd be a reasonable guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep, assuming they're they're younger. Pro- probably not a bad idea, right? Yeah. Because uh, when, when they get married in the following year, 
it's probably too high of a bracket to do it. Oh yeah, you wouldn't want to convert at four hundred thousand. Yeah, at seventy thousand, yeah, she could probably convert fifty, sixty grand, right? Yeah, if she's making a hundred, assuming that the money that she's adding uh, is going into the Roth option, so we won't. So hundred thousand minus, let's just call it ten to make it easy math. Ninety thousand to get to one sixty is about seventy, and that's that's the that's the amount. So <laughs> so roughly, uh, yes, and and. Depending upon if you're young, and chances are your income will go up, and now is an opportunity at, in a low bracket. Sure, I think it's a great idea. You just know that you're going to have to kind of check at tax time of 20k. That's right. Yeah, you bet. Right. So, you know, it, it's probably the right thing to do. I'm guessing that Steve's future wife maybe not be listen doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, and he's doing all this financial planning ahead of time before they're even married, sure. which is a very good planner yeah. of Steve. Sure. Trying to think of what, what's the angle. What's here? the angle here? Because, hey, we're going to be in a high tax bracket. She's got 70 grand, right? Or 100 grand in, in retirement accounts. And he's already doing the financial planning. He's the sure. planner. Yeah, right. Right. And then he's like, honey, just convert it. <laughs> and then so she's going to do her individual tax return. Right? It goes to the, the, her CPA. And she's going to owe 20 grand next year. 20 grand. And like, she's like, Steve, what, what the? What, what, are, what are you doing? That wasn't Jack a great us. idea. <laughs> I'm out of here. The marriage is off. <laughs> True. Good point. <laughs> right. So make sure you communicate. Um, or yeah. if she's super tight on this and she listens to the yeah, show, yeah, then yeah. Good I'll, point. I'll, I'll good. But yep. it's, it's going to be a big tax bill. Right. It's probably worth it. But just make sure you communicate that as well. Yes. We've got more. Should we do a Roth conversion type questions coming up? But what about you? Should you be moving money into a Roth account and getting lifetime tax-free growth on your investments? Click get an assessment at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to schedule a no-cost, no-obligation, one-on-one, personalized, deep dive into your entire financial situation with a certified financial planner professional on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. The Roth conversion is an awesome tool but it isn't a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter financial solution. What works best for you and your family is entirely dependent on your current circumstances, your risk tolerance, and your retirement goals. Find out what strategy is going to help you make the most of your retirement dollars. Go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Get an Assessment now. Hello, Big Al and Joe. First, let me say I love your show. Yeah, I love hearing those words, you know? <laughs> So much better than, oh, you're so arrogant. I know, you're such an arrogant jackass. <laughs> yeah, we, we get that too, occasionally. Not too often, though. Uh, it's one of the few podcasts I listen to every week. My name is Dave from Iowa. That was like in bold. <laughs> I, I put it in bold. He's the one that put from Iowa. Okay, see, sometimes I get, uh, maybe he wanted to put it in bold. It was like, that Dave! Was, that was important. That was important. Say that loudly, Joe. <laughs> Uh, you know, I have a few questions around my current asset allocation and drawing down my assets. I'm 58, 57. Let's get with the formality out of the way. I drive a Jeep Wrangler. Yes. I had a Jeep Wrangler in college. Top you down, did. bikini top. Yeah, you liked it. Eh? Badass. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, my wife drives one of those cute little SUVs that 95% of the country drives. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, I recently retired and my wife works part time. Our kids have just graduated from college and mostly off the payroll, uh, mostly. So let's be clear. I'm not looking for advice. I want to have a conversation, but let's call it spitballing. Okay. I like Dave. Yeah. He's from Iowa. 
Right. People from Iowa just get us. <laughs> good people. You know, they're yeah, Midwest. Good people. So here's the deal. Let's see what Dave has to um, what he's got going on. Okay. All right. Combined, we have approximately $2.3 million in IRAs, old 401ks, rolled over, $250,000 in Roths, $2.2 million in our taxable brokerage account, total of $4.75 million. We have no debt. Our portfolio allocation is approximately 70-30, so it might be a bit aggressive, 70-30, meaning 70% equities, 30% debt for those keeping score. We don't use an advisor to manage our portfolio. It's all in mutual funds, mostly index funds. We can easily live off $70,000 per year. Actually, about 60, but hey, we might want to live a little, so throw in a $10,000 cushion. We'll start collecting Social Security in about nine years, and our monthly check will be around $4,300. Before we collect Social Security for the next eight or nine years, we plan on living off our taxable brokerage account. To avoid risk, we have enough money in a couple muni bond funds to cover the expenses for at least seven years. At this point, our strategy for health insurance is to buy the ACA Exchange. Okay, a little um, Obama care. Uh, unless the program changes, we can easily keep our income well below the thresholds for the full credit. Now the dilemma. I do want to start converting IRA holdings over to the Roth accounts, but we need to be mindful of how much to convert to keep the subsidies in place. Uh-oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you like those subsidies. Uh, you, like, you like people gaming the system, I right? do. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, you know, I got $18 million, <laughs> but I get, I want to get my $7,000 credit. I, I got to get that subsidy. <laughs> I have to, and I don't care if I have to pay 39% in tax in five years, as long as I got that subsidy. Yeah. Right. Financially speaking, I think we're in a good place. Probably not going to run out of money. We do have 14 years before RMDs kick in. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on a conversion strategy. Should we even convert and when? Theoretically, we could aggressively convert now, but is it worth losing the ACA subsidy or should we wait until 65 to start converting the IRAs to Roths? Incidentally, we have fully paid for our health insurance out of pocket in our state. We'll probably be looking at eighteen dollars to $20,000 per year. Having said that, in addition to our conversion spitball, am I making a glaring mistake in thinking and is there something else that I should consider? Thanks for the conversation, Dave. All right, Dave. So his question is this. He's got $2.2 million, no, $2.3 million in retirement accounts. And Dave, again, is 50-some years old, right? 58. Yeah, yeah, 58. Why 57? Okay. So let's just use the older 58. 2.2, he's going to live off his taxable account. So he's not going to pay very little in tax. Sure, for, for a while. For a while, because when you start pulling money from a taxable account, it's a capital gain rate, and he has no other income. So he's going to be pulling $60,000, $70,000. That's going to keep him in the 15% tax bracket. Right. And there's no capital gains tax if you keep yourself in the, or I'm sorry, the 12% tax bracket, 10 or 12. Yeah. So he's going to live tax-free. So being in that low of tax bracket, the government thinks he's broke. Right. And it's like, you know what? You're, we're going to give you subsidies. Yeah, because you can't afford your health insurance. Exactly. So, so here you go. And it's a, it's a benefit. So by all means, take advantage of it. <laughs> you just get a little fired up. I'm just, it's okay. I'm, uh, I'm getting over it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because it's good. It's, Al, you're right. It's, it's the right <laughs> advice. It's tax advice. So he's saying, all right, well, you know what? I want to keep those subsidies because it's a couple of bucks. And health insurance is extremely expensive. And if I get some money from the government to help pay for the health insurance, well, let's do it. Great. 
So the question here is, is that I have all this money in a retirement account that's growing that I don't have to pull out probably ever. But at 72, I'm mandatory or it's a mandate for me to start taking the RMD. By that time, what Dave has to calculate is how much is the RMD and what tax bracket is it going to be in? That's the first step. Sure. So if and it's he's, going to be high, isn't it? It is. <laughs> we can tell already. If it's $2.2 million today and he's got how many years? 14 years until he has to take the RMD? Yeah. So okay. it's going to be six million probably. So let's go 7%. Six yeah, and a half. 5.7 million. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, Dave's RMD is going to be $227,000. Yeah. Plus social security, plus income from the non-qualified. Okay. So let's call that, um, I don't know, to 275? Yeah. $275,000. Ordinary income tax, roughly. Okay. So he's in a 0% tax bracket today in 14 years at $275,000 of income. What tax bracket is he going to be in? He'll be, well, if we go back to the old rates, pre-2018, it'll be in the 28% bracket, but he'll probably be subject to alternative minimum tax, depending upon how much tax his state has. So it could be equivalent 35 because of the, the way Altman tax works. Plus the state of Iowa will want their chair. Sure. So that's the first step, Dave, is to take a look at that. You know, of course, they're all hypotheticals. We have no idea what the tax brackets are going to be in 14 years. But then Dave's got to ask himself, do I believe that tax rates are going to be higher, lower, or the same in 14 years from now? If he believes they're going to be the same or the higher, then you use this. And it's like, okay, well, it's going to be roughly 35% plus state, or it's 28% plus state versus zero today. Right. So, uh, so I here maybe here's another way to think about this. So, so what what uh, Dave is saying is that if he makes too much money, he doesn't get the subsidy, and it's a cliff vesting, which basically means once you hit three hundred percent times the poverty level and you're a dollar over, you lose a hundred percent of your subsidy, right? And so I don't know what a subsidy is, but let's just let's just do some real simple math. Let's say let's say he wants to convert to the top of the twelve percent bracket, married couple. That's about eighty thousand. So I'm going to take eighty thousand taxable income times twelve percent. It's really a little bit less, but roughly. So call it ten thousand dollars tax. Okay. If he if he loses his subsidy, let's just call it seven grand. I don't know what the subsidy is, but let's call it seven grand. So now that's seventeen thousand extra tax that he had to pay. For eighty thousand, that's a twenty-one percent. That's pretty good. Versus right? thirty-five. Versus thirty-five, right? So then it's like, okay, and then once you lose the subsidy, you've lost the subsidy. So the next bracket after that is twenty-two percent. We'll do that if you're going to be in a twenty-eight or thirty-five, right? So the math again, Dave, is what look at the tax that you're willing to pay, then add in the lost subsidy to that tax line as a tax, as right? A tax and, and see if it still makes sense as a percentage, right? Because you're out of pocket, so you just call it a tax because you're not getting it, so you lost it, so you have to pay for it. So in this example, it's seventeen thousand because you had to pay ten thousand in tax. Plus he added subsidy of seven grand. Yeah, you lost seven grand of a subsidy. So 17,000 is what it costs you for an $80,000 conversion. So what's that? 17 divided by 80, 21%. Well, that's actually not a bad rate. When right. you think of it that way. So would you rather pay 21% today or would you rather pay 30, whatever percent or whatever later? Yeah. Right. So then, then you have, the sooner you get the money in the Roth, 
the better off you're going to be because then you get compounding tax-free growth for your entire life, for your wife's entire life, and then for the kid's entire life. So if you're going to keep it in the IRA, just know that you're going to pay a lot more in tax and the kids will pay a lot more tax. Hi, Joe, Al, and Miss Andy, Craig from the mountains outside of Seattle. The mountains, all right. Six rescue cats, two Roddy Shepherd (laughs) mixed pups, and drive a 2012 Durango and a 2007 Subaru Tribeca uh, Jameson. Ooh. Caskmates stout, except uh, no substitute. Love it. Yeah. All right. He's in the mountains just sipping on a little Jamo. Yeah. You like to sip a little whiskey? Whis- I do. Irish whiskey? Yeah. I yeah. like to have a little sipper. Yeah. yeah. To go with the fireball? Well, that's the sipper. I've never seen him <laughs> sip fireball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because. Just saying. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm hanging out with you, Al. <laughs> my day off, trying to keep up with me. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, it's about the four-letter R word. Okay, <clears throat> I have about four hundred forty thousand dollars in my four hundred one k plan in a large tech company with decent diversification. I'm fifty, married, debt-free, and I do the mega back door, garage door, circus tent, barn door, back. <laughs> Forgot a new name. Bunker raw thingy. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> circus tent. Love it. All right. So I contribute roughly fifty three thousand uh, dollars. Catch up, including starting this year, post tax to my Roth four hundred one k and employers match. Uh, 9750 in pre-tax. I also max out Roth IRAs for my wife, and I have an HSA, which is all invested. Plan to retire to Wyoming uh, in 10 years or so. <clears throat> well behind the retirement funds, but hopefully we'll catch up over the next 10 years. Wyoming. Yeah. It's kind of a hopping little state well, nowadays. That's, that's, that's what some people say that's the best state in the country if you want to avoid taxes. All right. I didn't start doing the Roth 401k. Um Yellowstone. What's where's that? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. Yeah, it's Is that uh, Montana. It's you know the TV yeah, show. It, um, with, yeah, I think it's Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. Could anyway. be Montana. I don't know. Um, I didn't start doing the Roth 401k until 2018 when I cashed out to pay off my mortgage, and didn't start doing the post-tax mega backdoor until 2019. So I'm a bit behind, but I plan to start converting pre-tax Roth in my 401k this year and the next. Just became eligible this year in our plan. I have roughly $141,000 in pre-tax for my contributions at $108,000 in employer match. So should be able to do the majority of that over the next couple of years without hitting the next tax bracket, but it will be close. Okay. So he's got a bunch of stock funds, large cap, small cap, international, DFA, Vanguard. Um, okay. That all looks okay. Strategy questions. Is there any tax advantage or reason to, number one, convert the more aggressive things first and bonds last so small in value start growing tax-free sooner? Interesting strategy question, which I enjoy here. So Craig wants to do a Roth conversion He's going to do an interplan conversion. Sure. He's got mutual funds in one plan. He's going to move them into the other plan. He's not going to sell the funds. He's just going to transfer the shares. What share should he transfer first? Should he transfer the high growth or the low growth? Yeah, high growth. High growth. That's asset location. So you want to make sure that you're compounding the more volatile, higher expected return asset classes in the Roth. Yeah, and you don't even have to sell them. You just transfer shares over. You got it. Easy. Rebalance everything in the pre-tax and employer match to the bond fund. Not sure 
if this would be advantageous or what will that do to cost basis of anything? All right. Number two, rebalance. Yeah. Uh, you, you Again, asset location, you want to keep lower investment asset classes in the retirement account, higher in the Roth, but be, be careful about your total asset allocation. Yeah. If you've got 90% of your money in a Roth or nine, yeah, and, or- and 10% in a pre-tax, and you want a 50-50 split of stocks and bonds, then there's going to be bonds in your Roth or right. vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Um, well, Andy's got me all confused here. Page six. All right. You got there, it? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Oh, there it is. Okay. The one that DE from Irvine was in. Number three. I can change investment allocations by source so I can make 100% of employer match go forward uh, to go into the all bond fund. This is, uh, these are the only bonds that I have in the 401k is employer match will continue to be pre-tax bucket. And I want all three in retirement Roth traditional brokerage. I would change investment allocation per check going forward to remove bonds from the post-tax to the Roth 401k and just build my bond holdings using the employer match in the traditional. Uh, no, don't do that because you want to make sure that you take advantage of dollar cost averaging. So you still want all of your contributions to be in a high growth um, asset class because as markets go up and the markets go down, you're buying shares at different prices as you're putting the dollars in on a you know month by month, quarter by quarter, or I guess a, a month by month or paycheck by, by paycheck. paycheck. Yep. So you're putting in, let's say, $1,000 a month or $500 every two weeks. Well, the markets are volatile. Right. So you want to take advantage of that volatility. If you go all in bonds that are pretty stable, you're not going to really um, get a good uh, reward there. Yeah. And, and that works because the markets tend to go up over time. If they, if they tend to go down over time, we would say something totally different. Yeah. Like never don't invest in it. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, here's a good recommendation. Invest in this. It goes down all the time. Right. More often than that. Uh, with bonds, income is roughly $230,000 annually. Um, with bonus, income is roughly $230,000 annually with base salary around $181,000 in the rest in stock and bonus cash. About $250,000 in a brokerage account that is pretty aggressive in small cap value, large cap value, and international small cap uh, value. Uh, man, he listens to the show. Yeah, yeah. We said, you know, small value is probably the most aggressive. Let's load up <laughs> uh, behind in my retirement. Let's That's just, right. Let's get some international. All right. Too. When that market goes down, I just drink a little GMO and everything's <laughs> just fine. <laughs> all right. Okay. He's got a, um, then he's got some, some, some cash emergency opportunity and shop fund. I'm building a shop next year. That will be about a hundred thousand dollars. And I have that set aside in the brokerage split between um, a couple ticker symbols, uh, paying cash, not a fan of debt. Curious your thoughts on VWALX as they are not great bonds, but are have far outperformed other bond indexes, but concern me a bit. I don't feel like I understand bonds well enough to know what I don't know. Love the show and have listened to all of them. Lost a bet. <laughs> you had to have <laughs> lost a bet. <laughs> So that looks like a high yield. Fund. Yeah. Okay. That's a little tricky. That's risky. I mean, as far as bonds go. So if you think of it like this, this is what a real simple example. And then we are way over the clock. Yep. Um, is that a bond is a loan. So you're lending your money in. I'll, I'll just 
super simple to the to okay. federal government. Sure. If you're going to lend your money to the federal government, the likelihood of the federal government paying you back is pretty high. Yeah. Since they print money, since they print money so, and they almost guarantee it. That's pretty good. So I'm going to give you a loan. You're going to give me a very small interest rate because the because it's the, safe, safe yep. and, and the probability of you getting all your money back is very, very, very high. Now, let's say that Craig wants to lend his money to a company that just started out of their garage yesterday. Right. They said, Craig, give me $100,000. Yeah. For Craig to give them $100,000, he needs to demand a little bit higher interest rate, right? Yeah, or a lot higher. A lot higher. Yeah. Because who knows if this garage company is going to make it. Yeah. In essence, that's high yield. High yield, high risk. Yep. So because of the yield of the bond is a lot higher, there's more risk in the overall bond. So do we like the high yield bonds? Well, sure, it's going to pay you more because there's a lot more risk in it. But don't try to look at the return to evaluate the overall investment. That's not how you look at it. You have to look at the risk and expected return to evaluate the overall investment. Hopefully that helps, Greg. Enjoy the JMO. You've now heard about all aspects of Roth conversions here on YMYW. Now find out why Kiplinger calls investing in a Roth IRA one of the smartest money moves a young person can make. Download the ultimate guide to Roth IRAs for free from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. In this white paper, you will learn the differences between a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA, and a Roth 401k. You'll find out about Roth contributions versus Roth conversions and backdoor Roth conversions. You'll learn about taking withdrawals from a Roth and much more. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and download your ultimate guide to Roth IRAs for free. All right. uh, Let's see here. We got Gloria. Not my real name. Um, San Antonio. That's actually what she put as her last name. First name, Gloria. Last name, Uh, not my real name. (laughs) It's best. We don't really care to uh, just give us a name. Make it fun. I don't care. You should all make up the names. Yeah, right? Make up where you live, too. We don't really care. (laughs) It just sounds better when you say Gloria, not my real name, from San Antonio, Texas, versus a writer or or someone writes in. Right. Yeah, it's nice to have a name. Yes. Yes. And a location. And yeah, because and if we talk about San Antonio. if where you're, uh, you are has anything to do with taxes, then probably should tell us your actual location. Yeah, or at least the well, state. Well, not the exact address because no. Andy will find that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Give us the state. You could right. say you live in Austin, even though you live in San Antonio. Yeah. Close there enough. you go. And then we could talk about our buddy that lives in Austin that hangs out at the um, the food trucks. Yeah, the Chris. food trucks. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's hanging out. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Right. You want to talk about some finances? Joe sure. completely made that story up about him. Guarante- <laughs> guarantee that happened. We got Gloria from San Antonio. We got to get back to Gloria. Yeah, we did. Hello, YMYW team. Always a pleasure listening to your show. I'd like to know if our plan would work. My husband and I will turn 55 next year and would like to retire if possible. We earn a combined income of $170,000. My husband also receives uh, $5,800 a month from a military pension. Our monthly expenses are about nine grand. We have combined $1 million in TSP, $180,000 in a Roth, $250,000 in brokerage, and fifty grand in cash. We have $550,000 left on the mortgage, 28 years to go at two and a half or two and a quarter percent interest rate. Uh, we are paying off 
the last car loan this year. We have two young adult children in college, but still living with us. Their tuition fees are taken care of. We have three rental properties in Germany from when my husband was stationed there. They have minimal cash flow. It does not cover the eight or $9,000 property tax. We can refinance these rentals in 2023, which would increase the cash flow. Planning for my husband to take his Social Security at age 62 while I wait for mine at 67. I will also receive a pension at 62 of $1,500 a month. Do y'all think we can survive between age 55 and 62 without working? We also are extensive travelers, and this is not included in our monthly budget. I'm kind of nervous. I don't even want to con- um, convert our regular IRA to a Roth because I'm afraid we're going to run out of cash if we pay it for the taxes. Love your team and thank you in advance. Uh, I don't remember a glorious question. I don't either. So this is, I think, first time we, we've seen it. Yep. I think it got stuck in the uh, internet system. Yeah, we had, what, a couple of weeks where we didn't get questions? Yep. Yep, sorry, Gloria. I Gloria. think that's that what was, happened. That was probably you. Yeah, Andy deleted the whole database. <laughs> <laughs> Just blame me. That's fine. Yeah. She had a little, what, what's it called? Big thumbs or? Oh, fat finger. Fat finger. Yeah, there you right. Go. Yep. Big thumb or fat finger. Yeah. Safe, safe, safe. <laughs> yeah, that, is a, that is a term with um, traders, investment yes. traders. Yes. Fat finger. Yep. All right. Um, okay. So he wants to retire at 55. They have. 55, let's call it $6,000 coming in. They want to spend nine. Yeah. So they need three, right? So they need $3,000. Right? Okay. And, and they got about a million. That's, you can do that math in your head. Well, you? no, I'm, I'm looking at some <laughs> other things, but with travel, right? Yeah. Well, we, she didn't say what the travel is. Um, well, I mean, before travel, if you need about $3,000 and you got a million, that's a 3% distribution rate. That's probably okay at 55 to 62. I guess I'm okay with that, but how much do you want to spend on travel? That would make me a little bit nervous too. If you want, if you want to spend a lot on travel and you're going to kind of blow through this budget. Um, but yeah, I think at age 55, Joe, you'd probably want around a 3% distribution rate, which without the travel is about right. No, they got more than this. A million in the TSP, $180,000 in a Roth, and $250,000 in a brokerage there, smart pants. Oh, I thought it was a combined million <laughs> no. in the TSP. Of combined 1.5. Okay, 1.5. Okay, then uh, I stand corrected. They could probably, 3% of 1.5, they could take out about Come on, you can do the 60. math, can't you? Yeah, they, they need they like they got 60, they need about 36, they got 24,000 extra for travel. Done. Right. Go for it. So yeah, you could pull about what 45, 50,000 from um, the the account. I plus, I got 60, right? 3% of a million and a half. Uh 3% of 1.5. Oh no, 45. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I couldn't do it. I thought you guys head. could do this in your head. Apparently. I, I did. Appar- I said it's close to 50 app- and he's like, "Well, I said 65 and he was Apparently wrong. not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you did say it with authority. To make I did. Me, I make did. kind of double check. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> just like you always do, even though I know it's wrong. <laughs> Someone will question me. I'll just say it right back with authority. They'll be like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> Good way to look at that. I, I, I didn't, that, that didn't even cross my mind to look at it that way. <laughs> Basic math. Fail. Yeah. I mean, that's anything in life. You just okay. say it with confidence and authority. I know, right. On the other side, they're going to back down. Let me go back. You can take 45. Yes. You, you need 36. So you got, we'll call it 10,000 extra for your travel. Yep. Give or take. These are, these are very rough numbers. Um, I agree. I, I like it. 
um, you can spend, call it $120,000 a year, give or take. And if that can cover everything all in, you know, you got another eight or $9,000, you're going to refinance the Germany houses to get a little bit better cash flow. I don't know if the eight or $9,000 in property taxes are included in the $9,000 a month. Yep. Um, you got travel on top of that and so on and so forth. Your 1.5, the pension's huge. The $6,000 a month pension. Um, and then plus the pensions that you're going to receive. We're not even including Social Security here, right? No, I know. We're just we're just talking about the stub period. If I'm looking at the pension alone is probably worth close to $2 million. I would need, because I'm not going to receive a pension. Yeah. I would need roughly like $2 bucks to produce that type of income. Yeah, at age, <clears throat> at age 55, you're right. right. So, so that's what you got to be thinking about, Gloria, is that you got $4.5 million, right? Or... Uh, three and a half million dollars because a million and a half plus the two in yeah, the okay. pension. Okay. Yeah. The equivalent, what, what, how much you would need to generate the $5,800 a month from the pension. Yep. So I would not be afraid to be looking at conversions because now as this continues to grow, because you're going to be pulling from your brokerage account, you might be pulling from some other accounts here. That TSP is going to continue to compound on you. Right. And then you're going to have your pension. You're going to have his pension. You're going to have social security, your fixed income at that point at age 65 or whenever you at 62 and you want to claim it at age 70. I mean, you're going to have a large fixed income source plus the required distribution might even push you into a higher tax bracket. You're fine to retire um, as we're just kidding around here and and chatting. This is not advice. Yep. Um, But there's more planning. I think that you want to look at, don't be afraid. Agreed. But my, I guess my overrated comment is, is yeah, this, this doesn't look out of whack. I think you could probably make this work. We got April from Tinley park, Tinley, Tinley park, Illinois. Huh? You ever heard of that? Never heard of it. Me neither. Joe, big Alan, Andy, my husband has been retired for 12 years and I still happily go off to work in my 2008 Honda Civic. Nice. Nice. We have a white Turkish, Angora. Angora. Angora cat that only likes me when I feed her. I guess it's his cat. Well, she's the only one that feeds her. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But... The, 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 the Turkish cat doesn't like anyone. <laughs> and when it's you possible. feed it, it, it might it, like it, it, it for like a couple minutes. You, could, you can pet the cat while you're feeding him or her. Uh, April would like our uh, thoughts on the following article. Okay. In okay. June. 2021 inside personal finance number seven of 11 bullet points regarding should you pay off your mortgage okay okay all right haven't talked about this in a while mortgages allow you to sell without selling your house may have increased in value since you bought it and you might now worry that will fall in value can you protect your home equity without having to sell yes Simply get a new mortgage and pull the equity out of the house. Okay. Like it? Okay. An intriguing <laughs> thought is my husband loves to collect stuff. And while I keep it somewhat under control, it would be impossible to sell the house right now. So should we take advantage of the current high value of our house? Thanks. So should you pay off your mortgage? So this is... Um, Rick Edelman, June 2021, Inside Personal Finance. Right. So it's like, can you sell without selling? Yeah. In other words, you can take money out without selling, which, so is, it's like, which is true. All right. I got a house that has $500,000 of equity. I would like to tap that equity 
but I don't want to sell the house. There's no way I want to sell it. My husband and wife, they, or you get the collect stuff. So I, I'm, I'm guessing there's what a little hoarder bill and there's no way they can move all the stuff out. Yeah. It's, it would be too, too expensive. <laughs> just yeah. Might as well just refinance. <laughs> so refinance, pull the money out. Yeah. And then there you go. It, it works theoretically. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Me neither. Um, I, I've done it before and wished I hadn't. Yeah. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and why did that? Why do I say that? Because that's called leverage in the great recession. I was very sorry that I did that because then I was too highly levered when I had all this equity on paper and then it, it went away. 50% of it or more went away during the great recession. All of a sudden I was underwater on properties, but the debt can go away. Didn't no it? debt. They didn't pull off 50% <laughs> of the debt when that happened. So just be aware this, uh, I mean, if you just look at raw numbers, what Rick Edelman is saying is true, but the, but the flip side of this is the more money you borrow on your home or your rental properties, the more risk you're taking on, you're more exposed to a downturn. Any real estate book that you read, if the author's being honest, they will tell you they've lost everything before. And this is why they kept, they kept leveraging their properties, buying more properties or buying stuff. And then they were sorry they did it. Um. <clears throat> The only, not only, but I, I think sometimes it 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 makes a lot of sense to refinance your mortgage. Yeah, get a lower rate. Get a lower rate. Maybe push out the term longer just to keep your payment lower. Sure, and and that's a, that's a good one if you're retiring and you don't quite have enough cash flow and you want to stay in your home long term. Just just refinance, have a longer term, lower your payment as long as you can afford the payments, right? Right. Um, if you want to pull money out, then it's all about time and cash flow. What is your fixed income source? If you're looking to re- go into retirement and now you have a lot larger mortgage, but you have liquidity, be careful with, with anyone selling this. I mean, I remember back in the day, they, you know, the road shows and they would be like, oh, untap your house and put it into a life insurance contract and have the money grow tax-free and, right. you know, all this other crap. Um, be really careful with anything like that. You know, taking money out of your house and then like using it for arbitrage. You know, your interest rate is two and a half percent, but you could get 8% or 10% in the market And the difference there is, you know, money that you would never earn. And why are you having, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Maybe we're just conservative in nature. Maybe um, I, I will, but I've done it and I got burned. So that's why I'm not too I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. April from Tinley park. Um, thanks for the email, but I, but I mean, I mean, theoretically this does make financial sense. As long as your, your investments that you buy with this money go up in value more than the loan. I guess anytime that someone comes into our office and says, you know what? I took $300,000 out of my house. It's in any cash. I'm looking for something to do with it. Right. Those are always the worst clients. Yeah. But you know what Rick Edelman would say? Well, the flip side is if you had $300,000 cash, would you just, and you didn't get us in a refinance, would you pay down your mortgage? And we'd probably say no. So there's, there's kind of a flaw, I guess, in what we're saying. I'm just saying, I don't like to take on more debt unless I've got a really good reason because it's, it's risky. I see your point there. So you're saying if I had $300,000 yeah. debt and I had 300,000 in a brokerage, but I sell the brokerage account to buy to pay off the debt. Yeah. 
right? Which is the reciprocal of that. And we would say no. But I'm also increasing my overall debt service in my monthly payment by taking up debt. So you wouldn't, again, it's all based on cash flow. Yep. Arrogance again. Jameson Caskmates Stout, Tinley Park, and Romantic Dinners in the Derails at the end of the episode. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the certified financial planners at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. It's one of the few... I, I think I think you get about 10 good You have a guy comments. that said I was arrogant... I guarantee that dude does not have a, a fridge in his garage. I don't think it was a dude. And he would not be chick. invited. They would not be invited to, to, to have your, some, some Coors lattes in to my, your garage, garage. Yeah. my garage parties. Got it. Okay. Right. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's right. You're being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jameson. Ooh. Caskmates Stout. Except uh, no substitute. Sounds like a beer. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking maybe like Jameson was a little sidecar for his yeah. stuff here. <laughs> Got it. That's kind of my more, that's my style. Got it. Yeah. Even though I don't really drink Jameson. And, you don't, and you don't like stout. <laughs> and I don't like stout. If it was that, like, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's like there is no substitute. And you, and you don't know what castmates is. Neither do I. <laughs> Besides that, it's perfect. Oh, oh yeah, actually, see? no, it is. It's an Irish whiskey. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I know Jameson. I okay. didn't know the full name. But stout, that's usually a beer. Yeah. Well, I guess they no, put the whiskey st- in the beer. No, there's just a, a stout whiskey. It's a stout edition. Yeah. I love, all right, Jameson. Okay. So you're going to try that, Joe? Uh, I, I have a bottle at home. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to pick up one on the way home. Yeah. Got it. I, okay. No, my mother likes Jameson. Oh, okay. That's, yes. that's how you know about it. Yeah. And like Tillamadu. You ever had that? I'd never heard of it. I didn't think you would. A swapping um, of whiskey and beer barrels soon after resulted in Jameson's Castmates Stout Edition. Triple distilled blended Irish whiskey. Oh, cool. Okay. Tinley Park. wonder where it, I'm, I'm sure Andy's going to pull that up in two <laughs> she's, seconds. She's on it. I, can, it's, I can see her fingers working on the keyboard. It's a village in Illinois. Let's see. Village? Huh? Mm. Is it next to Chicago? Uh, that's I was kind of... I mean, that'd be a guess, yeah. right? I mean, Let's <laughs> see. What do we got? <laughs> Okay, Tinley is a village. No, no, no. What's it near? It's uh, south of Chicago. Oh, it's part Chicago's. of Chicago. It's right yeah, in there. the Chicago yep. metro. Ooh, on the south Chicago. side of Chicago? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, is that where Leroy Brown lives? Orland Park. Yep. <laughs> um, Odyssey Fun World. All right. Ooh. Um, and I don't know if Steve's one of those listeners where he brings his fiance and they listen to us during their, like, during dinner, Jeff. Like they, dinner. Date night. Yeah, it's like a date night. They yeah. put on uh, the Big Al show, <laughs> and then they, you know, so they, oh, honey. they have they have earbuds and they do like the sharing one earbud each one. Yeah, goes. a little candlelight dinner, listening right. to YMYW. Um, God help those people. <laughs> I'm guessing is that is that what you do on a date? F- Listen to like Rick Edelman's show. Exactly. No. Oh, 
Right, right. Um, That's where so. I learned about the paying off the mortgage thing. Yeah. 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 